The nefarious evildoers consort to undermine the world's airwaves. You, the Legion of Dune, will rue the day you have messed with Dr. Mobius and my Legion of Robo-Scorpions with their mighty pincers, their lasers, and their mighty pincers. Yes, yes, Dr. Mobius. Move along. We have to get back to normal Legion of Dune business. Logically, we should devise an alternative podcast that emphasizes on the evils of the world. Do you all agree? Yes, but we should remember that this is the month of capes, costumes, and Clay's criminal masterminds. That this third theme month of the year does not follow their normal dodecahedron of movie rules. With my new invention, victory shall be assured. Is there any other business before we commence? Some and Grundy want pants! Not now, Grundy. We have to worry about the Spyrokin movie review. Spyrokin not important. Solomon Grundy want pants. You will rue the day you have messed with Dr. Mobius and my Robo-Scorpions. I, Brainiac, should have logically get pants. I wear underwear. Solomon Grundy want pants. <laughs> Robo-Scorpions. Damn, this prime duty sucks. How long have we been guarding Superman Prime? It's been like 40 days. It wasn't my fault we disobeyed the Guardians by preemptively attacking the Weaponers of Quard. Well, they were gonna attack us first, and plus it's all Finestra's fault. He decided to become evil and strange with his big pink head. Quiet, you two! Remember this noble job we do! What he means to say is that this episode contains adult language, mature situations, Cocky ace pilots, giant yellow diarrhea fear monsters, testicle-headed psychics, amazing ring constructs, the Owen Central Battery, power rings, and poosers. Get back to work and keep your willpower going. Listening expression is advised. Welcome to Ring Slinging 101, Poozers. Hey, Poozers, how you doing? Welcome to another episode of the Spyrokin Review. This is your host, Zan. And this is Timbo. Yes, we have returned, and first off, we're going to make a little announcement. Now, due to some issues which occurred between some of the co-hosts, nothing big happened. It wasn't like we had a giant fist fight where, where brass knuckles were involved, switchblades, like a type of jets and sharks type fight. 
Nothing like that, of course. That would have been exciting. <laughs> that would have been exciting. But due to that, there's going to be some changes with the podcast. You may not hear it at first, but you'll see what's going on. Again, we're getting off topic for those who are joining us. We for digress. The- yes. For joining us for the first time, welcome. Spark Inside that provides information and views about connecting enhanced narratives. In this case, we do movies, our other podcast, Spark and Manga Review. We talk about manga, Japanese graphic novels that are published in Japan, at least over here. If you want to hear the definition, listen to one of those episodes. Either way, you can check us out at Email us, spirekinmovie at gmail.com. Same thing with Twitter. We're under Google Plus as Spirekin. And Facebook under Spirekin Movie. And you can email me at timbo.spirekin at gmail.com, I believe. And Zan at spirekin.com. And our voicemail is 206-350-8462. Leave us rants, raves, complaints, your favorite superhero, and or what you think is going to be awesome with all the newer superheroes that are coming out, and what you think about the big DC reboot they're doing. Da-da-da! Exactly. So, <laughs> either way, we're just going to jump right into this, because this is a pretty... Big, fun-filled, and awesome episode. we got a lot to talk about. And if you remember from the last episode, we're going to do something a little different than usual, even though our dodecator rules don't apply. We're actually going to do for the Superhero Month. We're actually going to go a little bit into the superhero's background. Yes. And then we'll talk a little bit about the movie. Nothing spoilery, because all of these movies have come out within Are the last ten years. fairly new. Yes. We'll tell you <laughs> some things that we liked, some things we didn't, and, well, we'll get onto it. So, either way... Let's get into this, because it's a big superhero. And and first off, if you remember from the last episode of the Spark and uh, Movie Review, we rolled the Dodecahedron out of movie. It would be re- reviewing a new movie, well, an awesome movie. A movie which, well, we'll get into in a moment. First off, let's talk about superhero in general. Now, this superhero originally came out all the way back in the Golden Age of Comics. Which, for those who don't know, Golden Age was in the 40s and 50s. Yes. A long, long time ago. And most superheroes actually, over time, have changed dramatically. Um, Some have stayed the same. For example, Superman is one of the few superheroes from Golden Age who, throughout the whole thing, has not really changed much. Right. The only difference is... They've kind of made his powers a little bit more specific and whatnot. Yes, and instead of him actually jumping in the air over tall buildings, he actually flies. Yeah. And also, instead of it being his x-ray vision has the side effect of being heat vision, it's now they're both the same. They're two different powers. Right. Which works on its own. Mm-hmm. Kind of cool. And this character, initially, when he first started, wasn't the, even the main character, the same character that they're playing in this movie. Originally, he was a train engineer. <laughs> and he found a meteorite that was fashioned into a lantern. And there, he took a piece of the lantern and made a ring. And it gave him mystical powers where he could make constructs of anything he thought of. It'd be made into reality. And he wore a cape and he was badass. And the problem, though, was that his ring of power and awesomeness could not work against wood. Wood! Wood! And there's a lot of... And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, wait. He has the ability to make almost anything, make death rays, all stuff, and wood is his weakness? I know. It's ridiculous. There's actually a really cool story that happened in the last ten years where this character came back with his powers and one of his old villains is the guy called the Sportsmaster. Like a crazy <laughs> nut with baseball bats and that's, and that's his whole power. It's like, right. Okay, so you can stop a meteorite. Whatever you want. Whatever you your mind... Stop a train. Stop yeah. a car. And but wood! A pencil could stop you. 
And so, Wasn't his powers based on magic as well? Yes, because it was a piece of the... Well, later on they changed it so that the meteorite which crashed, which they found, is actually all of the random chaos magic put together into one form. Retcon! Yes, retcon. <laughs> I love it. So, then they had the Silver Age. The Silver Age was in the 60s or 70s? Uh, I think it started in the 60s. 60s, and that's when they said, we're going to change things up a little bit. The biggest and most notable change-up, we're going to say, was Barry Allen. Because the original Flash, Jay Garrett, he wore the Mercury mask, he wore a red t-shirt, yeah. you could see his face, and he was just, yeah. like, really fat. Yeah, the helmet and the... Still kind of badass. Yeah. But then you had, as I said, Barry Allen, who yes. became the Flash. You had um, the second Blue Beetle. Yep. You had the new version of... Lex Luthor, because originally Lex Luthor had red hair and he was just a mad scientist. Yeah. And Lex Luthor became, I am just a bald, mad scientist who hates Superman for no yeah. reason. And then, like, current age, then he, then he just became a businessman. Yes. Yeah. Again, retcon! Gotta love it. <laughs> and so this is when we're introduced our character we're talking about right now, who is, he was a cocky ace pilot who was in a test module, and suddenly was enveloped by a green orb, and got taken to the middle of the Mojave Desert, where he found a dying purple alien. He was like, I'm dying, take my ring, you'll get superpowers. And, unlike with the other ring, which was a magical mumbly-jumbly, this was actually a scientific device made by aliens, and it was essentially a badge, because this guy was an interstellar space cop. Part of 3,600 other space cops across the universe. He's 2814. And so, our Hockey Pirate became a member of... The Green Lantern Corps! Yes. I'm gonna keep doing this voice over and over again! Yes, and <laughs> we'll talk about the other, the other creepy voice in a bit with Robo Scorpions! <laughs> but, again, we're getting off topic. So he becomes the first human being to be a Green Lantern. And he kicks ass. And a lot of the early stuff is kind of funny, like he's just fighting bad guys, making constructs, doing things like that. At one point he actually sold his rings on the black market, which is hysterical. It's like, <laughs> you want to be a Green Lantern? Buy it for a dollar! <laughs> and from this point on, we go into the modern age. Now, modern age is, as we said, when the retconned again, Lex Luthor becomes a businessman, mm-hmm. Barry Allen becomes replaced by his nephew, who is... Wally West. Yeah. They kind of keep some of the continuity the same, but there are And then there's some weird time displacement thing that where the JSA come back and the old Green Lantern is still a young guy, even though he's like over 100 years old or something. Exactly. It and all, it makes no no sense at all. It gets all convoluted. So they change some of the aspects of it. For example, they change little things with the with his style, they changed that he was originally an alcoholic, there was a car accident, and you're introduced to this character who, it turns out, was supposed to actually originally be chosen by the ring, but the ring didn't have the power to do it. And this is actually the second, the third character who is known as Green Lantern, and also either a fan favorite or the most hated Green Lantern of all time. And who are we talking about with his damn bowl cut? (laughs) Uh, Kyle Rayner. No, no, no. No, 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 not Kyle Rayner? Oh, Kai Gardner. (laughs) I, how could I forget Guy Gardner with his bowl cut? Because he doesn't have really a bowl cut anymore. Yes, because he, he now has a crew cut. Yeah, but he still had this the weird, the weird leather jacket vest thing. Yes, unlike all the other Green Lanterns who wore masks, he just showed his face and he was a complete other tool. Yeah. I mean, the best scene I can remember him from was in Justice League, where he is f- talking because Batman, surprisingly, Mr. I'm the Loner, is actually the leader of the Justice League. You're like, 
what? <laughs> so Batman's in charge, and Guy Gardner, the douche, is like, yeah, you know, you should be leader. I'll kick your ass, man. I don't need my ring. I don't need it. And he's going on and on about how he can kick Batman's ass. One panel later, you just see a fist <laughs> and Guy on the floor. <laughs> and they're just like, oh, my God, just one punch. <laughs> Down goes Gardner! Down goes Gardner! I mean, he's a good guy, but he's just like... And ironically, he was also Hal's lawyer when Hal went to jail initially, because after he got the ring, he got in a car accident. It's cool. Little side story. But from then on, we go back a little bit to... Back to the Silver Age, where they introduced this whole part of Green Lantern, which was pretty cool, which was the... Uh, how do I put it politely? What was the racial issue at hand? Where you had Green Lantern would protect aliens, he'd protect other people, and there's a whole comic where there's a very prominent scene where he ends up at a rally for racial equality, and one of the protesters is like, Hey Green Lantern, how come you're there for purple people and blue people, but you're not there for the black man? And this character would become the third person to have the Green Lantern ring. The Some people think he's popular, especially with the Justice League cartoon, but personally he is my least favorite of them. He's only popular because that's the one that most people just know. Like, it's not because he's actually interesting yeah. or whatever. They just the, He's the guy that was in the Justice League cartoon, and that's what people know. Yes, and this is... Jon Stewart. I actually like... Not the Jon Stewart from The Daily Show. Yes, not the Jon <laughs> Stewart from The Daily Show. This Jon Stewart... They've changed his personality so many times. He's retconned 20 times with his... First he was, I hate the man, I hate the man, then I'm a military general, I can do this, I can do that. I'm sorry for the, <laughs> the <laughs> very, very bad voices, but... Oh, we're going to get some emails from this one. Oh, yes. But, point is, he was a character who just, they changed him so much, and as a Green Lantern, I never thought he was an interesting character. I liked him better when he was the leader of the Darksiders, mm-hmm. which was an interplanetary, like, Interpol. Yeah. He was like Nick Fury mixed with James Bond. And he was married to a blue alien chick. And he yeah. was badass. But then they said, oh, okay, well, we're just going to make him paralyzed. And then we're going to give him his ring back and make, make him a Green Lantern again. And you're like, really? Okay, he is lame. So then they give the ring back to Hal. Well, we haven't said his name yet, but Hal, who is the, the second Green Lantern. Yes. And then he goes crazy yes. in one of the greatest comic arcs ever where he goes on a murderous rampage killing several <laughs> several destroying much of the world because of a simple fact that guardians who created the ring are a bunch of power hungry douchebags and so he ends up getting sort of killed but not really yeah. he, he gets absorbed and then it goes he to- becomes the specter no, first he becomes Feralex. <laughs> oh, well. Was I mean, introduction of Feralex, and then yeah. you're introduced to the last of the the four main Green Lanterns. My personal favorite, Kyle Rayner, who yes. is, um, well... He's like an artist kind of guy, so all his constructs kind of... Yes, and that's the, one of the things that's interesting, because each of them have a different style with their constructs. Yeah. For example, guys, every time he uses his ring, it's all like, it's focused, but it looks all sparkly, and it's not being held together. It's jumbly. Yes. And John Stewart, on the other hand... It's all military-based. And it also architectural. Like, you can see every nut, yeah. every bolt, everything. While Kyle's looks artistic, it looks innovative, it looks yeah. modern. And then Hal's is just... You're like, okay, you have to stop a monster. What are you going to do? Okay. Guy is going to do some really just barbaric freaking like a net. Yeah. <laughs> you have... John is going to make a very intricate military cage. Yeah. Kyle is going to use some weird energy force field that looks really cool. 
Then Hal is gonna do. I'm gonna use a wad of gum. <laughs> okay. Wad of gum. <laughs> yeah, he's not all. He's he he's his, his heart's in the right place. He's not the smartest. Uh... Con. Yeah. <laughs> he's really he's not, not the sharpest tool in the drawer. Let's just say. Well, anyway. But anyway, so again, they eventually they retconned it. They brought Hal back. They brought him back from the dead and in rebirth. And then they redid, retconned it again, and they're doing it another time so, yeah. in the last four years. And so let's get into the movie where obviously it's Green Lantern, is what we're talking about. Now, this movie was actually directed by Martin Campbell, produced by Donald DeLine. The story was written by Mark Guggenheim. And surprisingly, Jeff Johns was on set all the time because they based it on his Secret Origins, which is the newest version of the rebirth. And it's starring Ryan Reynolds, Blake Lively, Peter Sarsgaard, Mark Strong, Angela Bassett, Tim Robbins, and, um, we're forgetting someone, aren't we? Some big and awesome. The guy from The Green Mile, uh... Um... <laughs> and he was Kingpin and... Yeah, yeah. Uh, Michael Clark Duncan. Damn you brain fart! Ah, uh, well. And, and, and what about, what about, um, we're missing, uh... Oh! Uh, uh Captain Barboza! Uh, Jeffrey Rush! Yes. Yes. And... and- who was the last one? No, that was it. That was it. Mark Strong. Oh, okay. And, uh... Um, yeah. Oh, and Taika Watiti. Alright. <laughs> Who's into it. Alright. The movie came out June 17th. It's like I said, it's Green Lantern released by DC. And what can we say about this? Well, we're not going to... Like I said, we're not going to go over the entire... All the little nuances, all the little things... With how awesome it is, or how bad it is, or the whole plot, which we could go over because it's very cookie cutter. All it literally is is it's a retelling of the origin with some additions here with and there. Some artistic license, I guess they could we could say. Yes, uh, <laughs> but before that, we have to do one thing with Rebirth, which we just talked about when Pal was brought back. They created the concept that Feralex, which was his evil persona, was actually a evil being, which represented the fear in the universe, which is represented by the color yellow. Which was also originally their weakness. Yes. Which is almost completely forgotten in this movie. They don't even... They say, oh, they just the power of yellow is evil. They don't talk about the fact that they their rings can't affect yellow. Yeah. So that was, that was like, one of those things that they kind of just kind of skimmed over. Yeah. They kind of... I guess the way they kind of did it was they kind of took some of the old and they kind of took some of the new and they mashed it all up into one big pile of... of Stuff and then they kind of let everything kind of fall where it fell, I guess. Yes, and say. they said where it went. And the movie itself, a lot of people were panning this movie as being a horrible piece of shit movie. It's the worst comic book based movie ever. It's this, it's that, it's just garbage. It's. We disagree. Yes. And the reason is that it's a very plot heavy story. They're trying to compress maybe. 40 years worth of story into one movie. Possibly 50 years of story into one movie. Yeah. yeah. So they're trying to get the ball rolling as, as, as fast as they possibly can because they, they obviously wanted to make sequels with this. So they wanted to get the they wanted to get all the big plot pieces out there. So that way they could roll right into the sequels that they were going to plan on making. Which will be better, but yeah. there were some faults with this movie. Let's say the things that we didn't like about this movie. Well... 
I, I, I don't think this is so much a spoiler, because if you saw the trailer, you know that Parallax is in the movie, and he's a big, giant, yellow diarrhea stain that's flying through the universe and he's trying ba- to eat stuff. He's better than Galactus. That's true. But <laughs> they, I think the biggest issue with, with... Not so much that he was a big, flying piece of diarrhea, because he was pretty scary-looking. He was pretty... and and. And they explain how why he looks the way he looks, which is also kind of like some artistic license, and I don't want to get into that because that's kind of a spoiler a bit. Yeah. But, like, my issue with it was is the fact that they introduced him far too soon. Yes. Or, and just, and just it kind of, I don't know. And they depowered him. Yeah. Mm, I agree. So that was, that was an issue, I think. Um, one issue I had was the fact that certain scenes were repeated. Yes, if there were, you'd see a frame, a scene, for example, of Sinestro, who is the quote unquote the core, like the field leader in this movie. Mm-hmm. They don't even really get into. He's a major character, yet they kind of just gloss over his they, whole. They just show him in a couple scenes. But they show him in a scene where he's talking to the core and he makes a motion. Yeah. And then at the end of the movie, they go back to that scene. And it's the exact same scene that they used the exact same footage, exact same everything. And you're like, yeah. You're like, did you guys just get so cheap that you were like, let's just take a splice this here into there? <laughs> it was pretty. Now, if you know anything about the comic books, Hal Jordan trained under Sinestro, which they show a little bit of. He basically just kind of beats the crap out of him with his constructs for a little while. And then that's about it. Like, there's really no... Yeah, there's no time in this movie. It's like, he trains for like a day. Yeah, 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 right. And then the, the other two scenes you've seen Sinestro in, or uh, three scenes, there's the two scenes where he's doing that sp- speech, which is virtually the same scene twice, and then just one other scene that they kind of just threw in there. And again, if you know anything about the comics, you know that he uses a yellow ring in the comic books. Yeah, he eventually will become evil. Yeah, he will become evil. Which, they really don't... Like, they don't, there's no part in the movie where they really... where they really, like, give you a sense that he's going to become evil. Because the... And the character is so rich. There's so much you could do with this character. Because this is a character who... The reason why he is crazy and he's evil in the comics is that he likes order. He yeah. likes things in order in the way it is. His home sector is run like Nazi Germany. Yeah. Where he is the the leader. I mean, eventually when he leaves, no Green Lantern can take over that sector because no one wants the privilege. It's like they yeah. think he's a mo- that where he becomes a Green Lantern is a monster. Yeah. And they just kind of just gloss over it like, oh, he's just a jerk and that's it. Yeah, and he's not even a jerk. He's like, oh, he's like a good guy the whole movie. Like, he's like... The epitome of Green Lanternness in the whole movie, and then uh, yeah, it's just it's ridiculous. It's just you like wonder what the fuck were they thinking? Were they just? It seems like a lot was cut out of this movie. There's yeah, it, it that's that's kind of what it felt like. It felt like there's gonna they're gonna come out with like the Blu-ray or the DVD, and it's gonna have like nine hours of like deleted scenes or some shit. Because it's just like it seems like there's like holes in the plot that just it just feels like they just. Somebody was a terrible editor and just cut yep. stuff out and for no reason. I don't know. I mean, Martin Campbell worked on shows like Modern Family or whatever. Yes. No, not Modern no, Family. No Ordinary uh, Family. No Ordinary Family. That's what. Yes, he worked on that, and this has that feeling of a TV drama. 
where you yeah. emphasize more on the regular parts because this is supposed to be a space series where you're out in space and you do with aliens and you have that and those scenes are awesome yes. when they're in space when they're on Oa which is the planet of the Guardians who the Guardians of the Universe who created the Green Lantern rings who are in the Green Lantern Corps those scenes are amazing yeah it's really cool like if just seeing like all the Green Lanterns that they threw into the movie like even just for split seconds like even if you just were able to like you know, stop the movie it's for a buzzed. second. Yeah, like you can see, they really put a lot of effort into making sure that they they put in all the Green Lanterns that from the comics, or at least you know the, as many as they could. So like there there were those parts, but it just it was so there wasn't enough of it that really like Hal Jordan should have had like a mission in space or something like that, and like with the other Green Lanterns, but. No. That never kind of happens. There's no real... Yeah, it's just like kind of just, okay, he just... Uh, well, like I said, we're trying not to spoil anything. It's kind of tough, too, for yeah. this. But we'll get into now. Um, next, a couple of things that were kind of bad, just our little things here and there. Just the plot, and that's in the soundtrack was, okay, you've been listening to it in the background while we've been talking, but yeah. it wasn't noteworthy. It wasn't like Batman. It wasn't not- like Star Wars or Superman or any. There was nothing in it that really, like, you were, like, you know, like, it, it didn't really, it didn't really build any tension, let's say. Yeah, no, it wasn't notable and kind of, meh. Bland. The only song that I really liked was when they're, he's flying on Oa and they're looking, it's when they're exploring Oa. Mm-hmm. That's the only song I liked and that would have been a good theme, but they didn't really capitalize on it. Yeah. Now, let's go on to the things that we enjoyed about the movie. Well, as I just said... The Green Lanterns themselves are badass, all right? You have Jeffrey Rush as Tomar Ray, and he is amazing. His his voice acting is amazing in it. Like, he didn't phone it in. He actually did a very good job voice acting it. His character looks really cool. Like, mm-hmm. doesn't quite look like what he looks like in the comic books, but it's close enough that you know that's, what, that's who he's supposed to be. Yep. You know, Kilowog looks pretty yeah. awesome. I was a little worried about Michael Clark Duncan doing the voice acting for him, but it worked. It, it was fine. There was nothing wrong with it. Sinestro, the guy that played Sinestro, Mark Strong, who was in uh, Sherlock Holmes. He was the bad guy in Sherlock Holmes. He's, like, a really good actor, and he his acting in the movie was amazing, as, even Just, though it was short. Yep. <laughs> All of those parts are awesome. The special effects were really pretty good in terms of the, the suits and everything, I thought. Yeah, some people were like saying, oh, the suit looks stupid and whatnot, but they even explain it, and I liked it. He's like, it's not real. It's yeah. not a legitimate suit. It's a construct. Yeah. Like, he makes the suit with, with the ring, and that's why he, he looks that way. And then, it, it's cool, too, they explain... I don't want to... Well, this doesn't really ruin anything, I don't think. But it explains, like, his mask. Like, his mask pops up. The ring does it on its own to protect his identity, if he needs to protect his identity. But when he doesn't need to protect his identity, it comes off. Yeah. So, like, so when he's on Oa, it, it disappears. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of cool. Like, that's just kind of... Yeah, the ring effects were amazing. I mean, even though the first real construct he does not the fist that you see in the trailer but first contracts he does is very like really <laughs> that you, i mean not the training but the, on his first superhero of a moment he uses a contract which is just ridiculous and you're like why <laughs> it's it looks beautiful don't get me wrong yeah it's, it looks really cool it just it's just like yeah, you could have done something else there but buddy. it goes with pal's kind of stupidity yeah 
He's got some great contracts. The contracts look, the contracts look amazing. They throw in a lot of things here and there, which for the geeks are awesome, like the fact he's Spectre 2814, and that the ring rattles all the information and translates for him. Yeah. That I liked. Yeah. Also liked Ryan Reynolds, who I was very hesitant about. Ryan Reynolds, I after seeing him in the movie, I can't see anybody else play... I wouldn't be able to see anybody else play Hal Jordan. There's not I, there's not an actor I can I can even think of that would even make sense. So I was a little hesitant as well. But yeah, that's I think that's the thing. Like the acting in it was good. There's no bad acting in it. It wasn't cheesy in terms of the acting really. Yeah. His part with Carol Ferris or yeah. whoever the girl Blake Lively is that who it was? Yeah. Their on screen chemistry was pretty good. I think. She was kind of wasted, though, because they just kind of threw her in. They threw the fact that yeah. she they gave her call sign, which is yeah. a hint to future things to come. Right, and they pro- and probably they'll they'll kind of screw that up with because they won't make her. Yeah, but, but it's... oh well. Um, you know the fact they threw in his family. I understand why they did it because it's a big part. Of the fact he has issues with his brothers have issue with him being a pilot. Yeah, but they just kind of throw it in for one scene, then it's yeah. They kind of just gloss over it, and that's. Kind of it. It doesn't doesn't have any lasting impact on the actual movie. Yeah, they don't really... They just throw in some scenes. Also, the main quote-unquote villain, even though Parallax is the big villain, you have his lieutenant, who... It was an interesting choice. Hector Hammond, he's a character who is very difficult to do, and the way that they kind of executed him was right, but you didn't have enough screen time, and he's just overshadowed by Parallax. You just kind of yeah. like... And he was, I mean, he is honestly one of the original, like, Green Lantern rogues gallery or whatever you want to call them. Yeah. And he has pretty amazing powers, and he has a big, dumb head. But they kind of lumped him with Parallax somehow, and it was like, that's not really how he got his powers in the first place, but they kind of just threw it together. So... Yes, he's just kind of like doop doo doo. I mean, yeah. I like that he became eventually. You just see him in the wheelchair. He's slowly losing his his mobility. Mm-hmm. But him with the stupid feet, he's just retarded at the end. Like, yeah. really? Yeah, Peter Sarsgaard wasn't bad in it. You know, he kind of he kind of made sense. Like, there was a cool scene. Like, there's a scene where he's where he. It's just after he gets like infected, let's say, and he's like, and he's teaching his class. And he, his powers start to manifest, which are, like, he has very strong psychic powers. He can, like, read people's minds and stuff. So he can hear the students in his class, because he's, like, a professor. And he can see, and, and the students, he's, like, he's saying, oh, this freak's blah, 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 blah. And next thing you know, the kid gets launched out of his chair. So that was, like, a cool scene. But it, yeah. it was just kind of like, eh. And later on, he, he shows even better powers with it. He's using it mm-hmm. completely to manipulate stuff. And yeah. It's good, just that he was underused. Because the thing is, you have a fine line of either going balls to the wall yeah. or pulling back. Yeah. This movie had the problem of they pulled back too much. Yeah. They should have went for a three-hour movie. They should have gone for a two-hour movie. They mm. should have gone for it, and they didn't. Or they should have slowed up. They they tried to go balls to the wall with the, with everything, but then pulled back as they were. You're like, oh wait, we can't we can't do all of it yet. Ah, what do we do? Yeah. That was kind of the problem. Like, the, I feel what they set up could lead to a much better sequel. I feel like the sequels might. So, like a Spider-Man Two scenario. Yeah, the first movie wasn't was was good, but it wasn't great. And then the second movie was like amazing, but <laughs> but yeah, it's like I felt like they pulled the Spider-Man Three though in this movie. They they 
tried to throw too many elements into the movie. Yeah, but it still was better than Spider-Man Three. Well, yeah, <laughs> but that but that's what hindered it. They tried to throw too much in there, and then it kind of backfired on. It was too many moving parts for them to handle, kind of thing. Because then they even throw in Amanda Waller, which if anybody rem- knows the comics or from the Justice League cartoon or Smallville, yeah, she's like. You know, this, like, big muckety-muck secret agent kind of person who she's runs... DC's Nick Fury. Yeah, basically, but but kind of more evil. Yeah. She's she's more... It's more sinister than... Like, Nick Fury has the... the he's he's trying to be a good guy. She's not necessarily trying to be a good guy. No, she's a... Nick Fury's the guy who's like, I'm gonna fight for you. I'm gonna make sure you think. If you fuck up, I'm gonna put you in a hole for the rest of your life. But I'll keep... Make sure you're okay. Yeah. Amanda Wall is like, okay, I want you to do this for me. If you're not gonna do it, you're gonna die. Yeah. So they throw her in there, and, and she had a kind of a small part in it. It really wasn't big. It would be cool if the DC, if DC they started making movies that kind of started relating to each other, not necessarily to go for Justice League necessarily, but to have like to bring back Amanda Waller maybe in in Man of Steel or something along those lines. I agree. Which I don't know if they're gonna do, but they if like because her part has a big part in in I, I think. In Superman as well, Cadmus, yeah, yeah, Cadmus Labs and all that stuff, and and this is comic book talk, not not really the movie talk, but I feel like they don't necessarily have to go for Justice League like like Marvel's going for Avengers, but like if you have a little bit of continuity glue to hold it together, it'd work better. Yeah, it might work better instead of everything just kind of happening in, happening in its own world, because like you know the Batman movies right now. Green Lantern's not gonna. They're not gonna. They're not gonna mix ever. <laughs> no, it's it's not. You know? I mean, Superman might mix. Yeah. Because they make reference to the fact that this is the first official alien landing. Yeah. They could fit that, and if they want to do a Justice League movie, the only way they're gonna do the Justice League movie is if they set it up like the Avengers. That's the only way. You can't yeah. just because you're gonna have like twenty origin stories. Yeah. Mm. Uh, there was talks about them making a Justice League movie, and they were just going to be like, all right, Justice League movie, and just throw it out there. But I don't know how... It wouldn't make any sense. If you're not a comic book reader, and you don't know the, who these characters are, and you don't know what they what their story is, the movie wouldn't make any sense. There'd be no reason for them to... And there, you'd have to come up with some big thing that to cause them to fight together, which, again, if they don't have any origin stories, you don't know who the enemies are. You know, like, you can't just be like, Legion of Doom! Because there's a lot of people in the Legion of Doom that nobody's ever heard of. Unless they've... Captain Cold! Yeah, Captain Cold! Toy Man! Like, you wouldn't know who these people are unless you're into comics. So then they'd have to come up with some other reason for them to all fight together, which they could do sort of like the Justice League cartoon where there's like the alien invasion kind of thing. No, they do that for Avengers though. Then they'll just yeah. already it's almost bordering on the Avengers thing. The only thing they can do now is the worlds but this is a debate for another day. Yeah. So visuals are good. Acting was I think good. Pretty good. Music was meh. Overall story was I think good. Just I think they that people just tried to jam too much into it. I think once. that um, if you go in with high expectations when you see this movie, you're gonna be let down. Yeah, you gotta go in like we went in with let, no expectations. Yeah, I, I I was excited for the movie, but I had no real. Yeah. I didn't really know whether it was gonna be awesome or not. I wanted to see it because I like Green Lantern as a character. I like the Green Lantern Corps. I wanted to see that stuff, and it was cool. Yes. But was this movie a home run necessarily? I, but it was not as nearly as bad as. 
some of the reviews have come out for it. Like Kyle Smith giving it a 1 out of 4, or Todd McCarthy, who hates everything, said it was a good movie, because he realized that you don't take it seriously. Yeah. Leonard Maltin said, look, it's a likable hero, you just don't take it too seriously. Yeah, That's the th- it was an action movie. You go in into the movie knowing it's an action movie, you get what you pay for. It's There's not- action in it. There's fighting. There's explosions and big summer movie fun. So, out of our five-point rating, I'm going to have to give this, borrow from a friend and don't return unless offered a known powering. I, I agree. It's a good movie. It's a good sob movie. It's a good superhero movie. It's not, like, steel bad. It's not... Oh, no. Close. Not Spider-Man 3. Even though he said it was like Spider-Man 3, it's not Spider-Man 3 bad. Yeah, I, I want to probably preface that. Like, I don't, I'm not comparing this movie to Spider-Man 3. I was saying that because Spider-Man 3 had so many things in it, mm-hmm. it just got lost in all the things that they threw in there. Mm-hmm. This movie was kind of doing the same thing. There was just too many, too much stuff that they were throwing in. But it was not nearly, nearly as bad as Spider-Man 3 was. Oh. Still, this is not... I don't give this as the worst superhero movie of the year. This is a medium... This is a pretty good movie. And what you have to also realize, too, is it's an origin story. There are some limitations when you make an origin story. Certain origin stories work out better than others. This one was okay. But I, I feel they have a solid ground for when they go to the next movie and the mm-hmm. movie after that. They're gonna, it's going to get more exciting and more. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to improve on it. As long as they don't just say, oh, throw this one out, let's start over again and do uh, it all like over again. They do it, well, sometimes that does work. Example, the Hulk, which last episode we talked about. <laughs> so remember, you can check us out at Email us, spirekinmovie at gmail.com. Check out any of our earlier episodes on iTunes or Zoom. And remember, we're also on fightbait.com. Thanks, John Paul. Yes, they release our episodes now in different feeds. Ooh. And so that part you've all been waiting for, what we're talking about, we're talking about that one. That only... Dodecahedron of Mobius. Robos Corpus. <laughs> to me. Quiet, Dr. Mobius. <laughs> you will ruin the day. Go to your cage. Okay. Yes, so it's that part you're going for, the dodecahedron of movies. What we do is we have a dodecahedron, which is a 12-sided object, specifically a dice. We've assigned a movie to each one. We're going to roll it and see what we're reviewing in the next episode of the Sparkin Movie Review. And we've got some interesting and cool movies. So, we're going to roll and see, well, what we got. So, number one, and for the next episode, we'll be reviewing a movie that is starring one of the two actors from Goodwill Hunting. The one who seemed like he was going to be a better actor, but he wasn't. Are we talking about... No, we're not talking about Jiggly. Oh. Jiggly. Not that movie. It's horrible. <laughs> but yes, we're talking about him. Who, in recent movies, has, has I think, redeemed himself a little what bit. What was the last movie he did? The Town. Oh, yes, The Town. And that was, was a very good movie. Yes. So, so we're going to talk about his... I don't hate him nearly as much as I used to. Yes, we're going to talk about a film he did, one of the few Marvel movies, which was... Well, we're going over the director's cut, because it is a better film. But, as you've noticed, we've been doing a lot more director's cuts than regular and at cuts. This, at this point in time, why would you go with anything but? Uh, true. So, next episode, we're going to be reviewing the man without fear himself, Old Hornhead. Daredevil! Yes, the director's cut. Which is another movie with Michael Clark Duncan. Yeah. Who is the kingpin? Which we will get which into that rant next time. kind of makes sense. Yes. We'll get into that rant <laughs> next time. And I think it's a good movie to round off the month of capes, costumes, and crazed criminal masterminds. It's a good way to finish it, and hopefully we don't knock it that much. <laughs> so, I guess that's it for this episode. 
This is Timbo. And this is your host Zahn for the Spikin' Movie. You and my favorite quote from this movie. Now, I could go with The Oath. <laughs> which I really want to do, but instead, I want to go with this. I, Hal Jordan, do solemnly swear to pledge allegiance to a lantern that I got from a dying purple alien in a swamp. To infinity and beyond. By the power of Grayskull. What the hell? Catch you guys next time, and remember, brightest day and blackest night, no evil shall escape our sight. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, later guys. Brightest day, blackest night, no evil shall escape my sight. Let those who worship evil's might beware my power, Green Lantern's life. <laughs>